wish I could remember what she said to make me realize it, or what it was in the way she said what she said, or if there was a look on her face that gave it away. Maybe it was nothing in that moment that made it happen, but just something in me, some timer that finally went off, some switch that was inevitably going to get flipped, that gets flipped in everyone at some point. All I remember was that I was sitting in eighth grade science class, my teacher at the head of the classroom talking to us about something when I realized for the first time or maybe for the final time that adults were just people. Like I knew they were just people, literally, but, but until that day, it seemed like at least the trusted adults in my life, they, they were something more too. They were some kind of backstop or safety net that meant I could only ever fall so far. Not perfect, but, but good enough and, and powerful enough to protect me. They had some piece of invulnerability, which also made me somehow a little bit invulnerable. Until that day, there were people in the world into whose arms I could collapse and be entirely safe, entirely loved, entirely at home. And in that moment, it went away for me. I mean, I, I know that that magic still exists because now I'm part of it for at least one kid. She looks to me and believes that I can make everything better, that I am somehow a little bit invulnerable, and so she is too. There is only so far she can fall as long as there are people like me in the world. But now, from the other side of that safety net, I know how flimsy it is. How little actual power or goodness I have to offer, how little true protection, how far from invulnerable we both are, how much it scares me. From her side, I might look like a superhero from time to time, but from mine, I know the truth. And someday, unfortunately, she will too. So this week, I read Action Comics number one, the issue that first introduced the world to Superman. That's the kind of research I'm willing to do on your behalf. <laughs> and he's exactly the image of the superhero that you have from like 1938. He is perfect. In a few scant pages, he stays the execution of an innocent woman, he clobbers an abusive husband, and he foils a corrupt senator. And he does it all easily. This is a world with no supervillains. He beats each bad guy in a single frame. And he's not just powerful, he's good. He's introduced as champion of the oppressed the physical marvel who had sworn to devote his existence to helping those in need. His only struggle in that first comic is that Lois Lane thinks he's spineless when he's Clark Kent. But that only makes him more perfect because he's unwilling to jeopardize his mission for his own personal gain. He is 
purely good, absolutely powerful, unfailingly just. The kind of hero that if you could believe in him would let you breathe a sigh of relief, knowing that if someone like him is around, it can only get so bad. And he is so obviously from a different time, from an era when, at least for some, it was possible to believe in that kind of hero, not literally, but as a character. It was possible to imagine that someone might always do the right thing for the right reasons. To imagine that the world had a safety net of goodness and justice and love. That's not our time. I don't know if you've watched any superhero stories lately, but that's not the way they are anymore. I'm not complaining. I've watched every Marvel movie probably in the last 20 years, most of the DC ones, even the Snyder Cut. Deep cut for two people, it sounded like. I love them, but there, there isn't a perfect hero in the bunch. All of those stories are full of compromised people, flawed people who find ways to do the right thing. At least that's true of the ones from like 20 years ago or maybe 10 years ago. But now most superhero stories are just like about outright bad people. Watch The Boys or Invincible or The Umbrella Academy or Watchmen, I've watched them all. Watch WandaVision, a show about a superhero who imprisons an entire town of people and she is a good guy. That category doesn't even make sense anymore. In a world that can create Batman versus Superman, what is a good guy? Our hero stories have grown jaded, suspicious of anything that sounds too good to be true. It's not clear we can even believe in a hero anymore, that we could trust them if they showed up. Because we've been let down too many times by people who claimed to be good or just or powerful until the spell was eventually broken. Until we saw how flimsy they all were. Years ago, Rebecca introduced me to the concept of milkshake duck. Have you heard of this? It seems like, no, not even the two people who knew about the Snyder Cut. Okay, so here's Milkshake Duck. It's based on a tweet from 2016. It said, the whole internet loves Milkshake Duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. The term gets used to describe someone who goes viral for something good, something positive, that gets everyone behind them instantly, only to immediately find out something bad about them. And it's stuck around as a phrase because it happens so often. The quintessential example that people use is Ken Bone, the undecided voter in the red sweater from the second presidential debate in 2016. Okay, heads are nodding now. <laughs> Something about him charmed the country for like a solid 24 hours. Tens of thousands of new people followed him on social media. The cable news shows had him on. He became like 100 memes. 
And then just as quickly, people found problematic comments he had made and the world turned against him. I'm not cool enough to know many of the other names of milkshake ducks, but there are a lot of them. People the internet dubbed things like Chewbacca Mask Lady, or Plain Bay, or Florida Hot Cop, or Chicken Nugget Kid. People who did something good or winsome or heartwarming and folks flocked to them, believed in them, idolized them, and were ultimately disappointed by them. The fact that we have that term, milkshake duck, whether you know we have it or not, now you know we have it. It says how suspicious we've become of heroes. That from the first moment when someone does something positive, we're collectively waiting for the other shoe to drop. Always ready to be proven wrong by someone who seems too good to be true. Waiting to find out how flimsy and false our heroes turn out to be. But it also suggests, I think, how hungry we are for a real hero. The fact that someone like Ken Bone can like rise to fame by just being pleasant for 30 seconds on television, it says how starved we've become for genuine goodness. That, that Chewbacca mask lady can be given a full ride scholarship for filming herself in this moment of simple joy. She puts on a Chewbacca mask, you might have imagined, and just laughs for like five minutes. It's, it's pretty charming. She turns out to be somewhat more conservative than the internet wanted her to be. As a country or as a world, we will jump at the first sign of real kindness or innocence or generosity. We're, we're quick to proclaim it. Here it is, the genuine article. Finally, someone good and strong, a backstop, a safety net, something to show we've only fallen so far. So I think the scene in first century Palestine is basically the same thing. People were hungry for a Messiah, and Jesus wasn't the only one who showed up on the scene and got cast in that light. There were potential messiahs everywhere in those days. It was a phenomenon. People bursting onto the scene with a new message, gathering a following, and then eventually fizzling out. At the first sign that someone was saying something a little bit different, a little special, the crowds would start to gather, people would start to hope, maybe it's this one, the genuine article. And alongside those true believers, another group who were more suspicious. The group who wondered all along if it was too good to be true. They'd gather with the crowds and try to poke holes in the hero's story to prove there was no such thing. And most of the time, they were right. Jesus is not even the only one in his family. It, it happens to John, as we heard today. When, when he starts preaching and baptizing in the wilderness, the crowds stream out of the cities and join him by the Jordan. And they hear truth in his words. They see strength in his actions, and they start to whisper, maybe this is the guy. The people were filled with expectation, the story says, and all were questioning in their hearts, could he be the one? 
And when the buzz gets loud enough around John, others show up to prove the crowd's wrong, to ask questions, to poke holes, to show them he's just a person, nothing more. He can't save you. He can't protect you. No one can. There is no Messiah. There are no heroes. But unlike those other would-be messiahs, all the other first-century milkshake ducks, John tells both groups they're wrong. The people are wrong to look to him as a hero. From his side, he knows how flimsy that claim is. He's just a guy wearing camel skin in the desert. He knows how far from invulnerable he will prove to be. The people are wrong about him the way they've been wrong about so many others. All the others that they've run after in their hunger for something real. But the skeptics are wrong too. The jaded ones who insist that heroes don't exist. There is one coming, John tells them. If they think John is good or strong or just, this one, this one is so pure, John isn't fit to hold his shoes. This one is so just, his judgment is unimpeachable. He is the champion of the oppressed. He will devote his existence to helping those in need. He is so powerful that he will baptize them with fire and spirit. And as John describes that one, even the skeptics, for a moment, allow themselves to believe it, to remember it. A time in their lives when there was a safety net, a backstop, when the world held something good and trustworthy that they could lean on. For a moment, they let themselves imagine what that would be like to go back to that place when they could let themselves collapse, let themselves rest in the arms of one with whom they could feel entirely safe, entirely loved, entirely at home. Pure goodness, absolute power, unfailing justice, unconditional love. When was the last time they felt that way? They couldn't remember when they had let themselves believe in a real hero, one who could be trusted, not for a moment, but for eternity. No other shoes to drop, no switches to flip, something good and real beneath them. John tells them there is something good and real beneath it all. That is the one we're waiting for. That is the one who is coming, the one who has come, who is with us and in us and beside us and beneath us. There is, because of that one, there is only so far we can ever fall. There is a hero we can trust, we can lean on, if we will let ourselves believe it, if we can even still imagine.